What a disgusting day outside. Oh, this weather is just awful. Some people like it. Some people like the rain. Call it football weather. They finally are happy that fall is here. I, I for one, just can't stand this. This is just awful outside. It makes me think winter's coming, and that just doesn't get me very excited. But welcome, everybody, into the payoff. Don't want to complain too much, you know. It is a great day after all. Brad Tunney and John Vicari are not here. So it's just me and the people, the people and me, Ben Bosher and Ben Clevenger back in the producer chair. We're going to have a fun show. And since Brad's not here, since John's not here, I feel like I can finally get something off my chest. You guys have been hearing me complain about it all week, or maybe you guys have been hearing other people complain about it all week. Let's be honest. They're trying to get me riled up. They're trying to get me worked up. They're trying to get me screaming. You heard it in the intro. But before we get into the Lions game versus the Bucks, before we dive into that too far, we got to wrap up this conversation about Jamison Williams. I'm so sick of talking about it. I know you guys are sick of listening about it, but it feels like I have some sort of responsibility now that I'm in here alone to let everyone know what's going on. This is the game for JMO. I'll tell you right now. This is the game. It has to be. Sam Laporta dealing with a little bit of an injury right now. He's questionable to play. Whether he plays or not, whether he suits up or not, he's doesn't appear to be 100%. Amonra St. Brown is back. Which leaves Jamison Williams in this weird spot where you want to start relying on him a little bit more. He only played 66% of the snaps last week, which came to no surprise. Brad Holmes said, or Dan Campbell said from the very beginning, they were going to ease him back in. He didn't practice for five weeks. Why would you want to play him 90% of the snaps? But now you're at a point where... Anything less than 80% of the snaps, you're getting starter-like quality snaps. Then it starts to get a little bit concerning. But I don't think we should be concerned by any means. They were attacking me. I know a lot of people that are trying to drive JMO to the airport. Their biggest argument is, well, he's not playing like a 12th overall pick. John called him a glorified decoy. Which is true. Through his first 106 career snaps. That's all he's played. That's it. Jack Campbell's played more than that already. All the rookie receivers this year have played more than that already. And we're not ready to call any of them busts. We're not ready to put golden jackets on them. It's still a huge question mark. And I think it's still a huge question mark with JMO. Is he going to play like the 12th overall pick should? I guess the better question there would be, is Jamison Williams going to be the 12th best player in his draft class? No. No, he's not. But Amonra St. Brown was a fourth-round pick. If he was playing like a fourth-round pick, this Lions team would be god-awful. But Amonra St. Brown is one of the best receivers in the NFL. They found him all the way back in the fourth round. So if Jamison Williams can start playing like a fourth-round pick, a third-round pick, A second round pick. The Lions are going to be just fine. Especially when you consider the fact that, by all accounts we've seen, Sam Laporta is a close-to-generational tight end. I don't think that's a stretch by anything. Sam Laporta, through the first three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, he's just been the best tight end in the history of the NFL as a rookie. Only two guys 
have gone for a thousand yards as a rookie. Sam Laporte is about to join that club. Move aside, Kyle Pitts. You're about to have some company. Mike Ditka too. I mean, Sam Laporta is, is fantastic, but that's not why we're talking about this Lions offense. We're talking about it because there's so many people ready to tie a box of rocks to Jamison Williams' feet and dump him in the Detroit River. Let this man breathe. Give him a chance. They're going to try to incorporate him into this game. Promise. Book it. You think Dan Campbell's not just sick of answering questions about him? You think Ben Johnson is not sick of asking when is Jamison Williams finally going to be inserted into this offense? Here's the thing. Jamison Williams, this is the first time he's playing 100% truly healthy as a part of the offense. At least that's what you should expect into this game. I didn't expect that last week. I didn't expect that at all last year. The Lions were a top five offense. They were cruising. And it's tough to insert someone who's not at 100%, someone who's coming back from a torn ACL into that. It's tough. But they got him out there. They let him get a little taste of game action. And let's not forget, he scored a touchdown in his first game. His first catch was a touchdown. All you people who are ready to drive this guy to the airport and kick him out of your car while the car's still rolling. You guys are the same guys who are happy screaming about him being the next Flash, the next Tyreek Hill after that game. Goes in waves in the NFL. Jamar Chase was awful the first few weeks. Then he scored three touchdowns last week versus the Cardinals. Now is Jameson Williams going to score three touchdowns versus the Bucs? No! But I think he's going to get one. In fact, I bet it yesterday. Plus 330 for Jameson Williams to get into the end zone. Now, I also did that thinking Sam Laporta wasn't going to play and Jamison Williams was going to be needed a little bit more in this Lions offense, but it does appear Laporta is going to play, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But again, I just wanted to wrap up this Jamison Williams thing. Is this for you Jamison Williams' last chance to really insert himself to, to show he still has some potential? I want to hear from you. Use the Frick Sports Bar and Grill text line, 989-837-6125. Again, 989-837-6125. Is this JMO's last chance for you? I've been jumping in front of bullets, taking uppercuts to the jaw to defend this guy. He's barely played. I don't think you, we know what Jamison Williams is yet. And again, He's not going to play like the 12th best player in the draft class. Those expectations are gone. I don't have them for him anymore. Well, then he's a bust, and you shouldn't have taken him there. Sure. But Jameer Gibbs, also not really playing like the 12th overall pick or not really playing like the 12th best player in his draft class. In fact, I can almost guarantee you he won't be. But no one hates Jameer Gibbs. It feels like there is genuinely a dislike or distaste for a lot of the things Jamison Williams has done. And sure, he's not a perfect guy, but there's not a lot. Like, breaking news to everybody, not everyone in the NFL is a good stand-up guy. Not everyone's out here winning awards. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not everyone can be the Walter Payton man of the, man of the year. 
And again, the suspension, I don't put on him. You shouldn't put it on him. It's the dumbest suspension in NFL history, and that was confirmed when Roger Goodell said he could come back two weeks later. So I'm, gonna w- I'm willing to give him one more chance. And that's this Sunday versus the Bucks. Now, if he shows up and they're trying to get him inserted into the offense, you can tell they did it last week, forcing him some screens, giving him some deep shots. And it turns out he just really can't catch the ball. He has uh, brick hands. Then fine. I'll come in here dressed like a clown and honk my horn. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. And to be honest, I don't have a ton of evidence to say, you know what? Look at what he's done. He's done this, that, and the following. Because you're right. He hasn't done much. There's not much you can point to and say, look at what Jamison Williams has done. But to me, I'm willing to give him another shot because of it. Again, you don't need him to be the 12th best player in the draft class because Amon Ross St. Brown has been so good. He's a wide receiver one. Sam Laporta is going to be the best tight end in the NFL in a couple of years. As soon as Travis Kelsey actually starts to decline, which might be never, but Sam Laporta's that guy. If Jamison Williams can be a high-end wide receiver two, well, then hallelujah, the Lions have their weapons for the next three years, including David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. That's all you really need. Have him be a poor man's T. Higgins. Have him be a poor man's Jalen Waddell. If he's like a top 10, top five, second best receiver in the NFL, then fine. He doesn't even have to have a crazy amount of catches. He's never going to have more catches than Amon Ross St. Brown. That's never going to happen. He's never going to have more targets than him either. He probably won't have ever have more targets than Sam Laporta. But he is a big play guy. Amon Ross St. Brown's not running streaks down the field. He does a lot of things, but that's not really one of them. J-Mo can be that guy. And maybe he has games where he doesn't have catches. But there's also going to be games where he has three catches, four catches, for 170 yards. Because this guy is one of the fastest players in the NFL. Again, if he doesn't show up on Sunday, if they're trying to get him worked into the offense, and he just has toaster hands and can't catch anything, I give up. I'm done defending him. But I'm willing to give him another opportunity on Sunday. Just show me some sort of progression. Show me something. But again, I ask you, is this his last chance? Is this his last chance for you on Sunday versus Tampa Bay? Frick Sports Bar and Grill text line 989-837-6125. Again, I want to hear from you whether or not this is JMO's last chance. 989-837-6125. 6125. We'll hit a couple texts when we return. You're listening to the payoff. Garber Chevrolet's Craig Lang explains their focus on service and value. Our service, our desire to take care of our customer. Are you giving up on JMO if he doesn't show up on Sunday? It's as simple as that. Does he have one more opportunity for you, or are you already done with him? I, for one, am letting him play on Sunday. Hey, man, as long as you go out there, have a few catches. Show me you've got something. Show me you can progress a little bit. Don't drop any balls. Then I'm all good. I'm not going to demand you to play like the 12th best player in your draft class. It's just an unfair expectation at this point because no one is climbing out of a hole as deep as Jamison Williams has. No one. 
has a start to their career like the way he did. You come in with drafted with a torn ACL. You get inserted into a top-five offense. You're not really getting any playing opportunities. You're only playing 25% of the snaps or less in your first season. Then you get this BS suspension. It's just – and you can't practice. It's just – you can't compare him to other guys like this. Like, his start to his career is completely unique and irreplicable. So I ask you. Is this the last opportunity for Jamison Williams to show he's still got something left? 989-837-6125. Or if you want to share any thoughts you have on this Tampa Bay game, feel free to do so. 989-837-6125. Mike says, I'd be more concerned than wanting to see Jamison Williams and Gibbs more if they weren't scoring as many points as they are right now. It's not worth trading him for a sixth or seventh round draft pick at this point. I 100% agree. Like this guy, he's only played 106 snaps to say he doesn't have the potential he had when he got drafted or at least 85% of that potential would be crazy. All you need him to do is be a good wide receiver too. Oh, well then he'd be a bust because he didn't live up to his draft pick. Amon St. Brown was fourth round pick. and He's one of the best, one of the 10 best wide receivers in the NFL. So as long as JMO can be a good wide receiver too, Sam Laporta can be a generational tight end, then this offensive line's great. Jameer Gibbs, Montgomery for the next three years, you've got your offense set. Don't expect Jamison Williams to perform like the 12th overall pick. And if that's not good enough for you, then I'm sorry. It's never going to be good enough for you then. But he still can be a good wide receiver too. That's all I ask of him at this point. Fair? Fair. Let's move on. The Detroit Lions heading down to Tampa Bay this week. Take on this Bucks team. Now, let me tell you, this team is a lot different than the team they played last week in the Panthers. Told you last Friday, doesn't matter if Monroe St. Brown's not playing. They should kick this team right in the mouth. Panthers should fall down, and they should be able to just keep kicking them while they're down. And that's exactly what the Lions did. They showed up, they took care of business, and they whacked Carolina in the mouth and made them look like the worst team in the league. They didn't let them hang around or anything like that. They kicked them while they were down, and Carolina didn't have a response. This Bucks team is a little bit different, guys. It's a little bit different over there in Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield has been quite good this season. I get it, they're 3-1, and one. maybe that record's a little bit inflated. Maybe it's not. Are you going to be shocked if this team finishes 9-8 and eight down the stretch? I'm not. The number one team in the NFC South. This has low-key been a pretty good team so far this season. And granted, they haven't necessarily played the best teams in the NFL. They started out with the Vikings. Then they played the Bears. We know those two teams are god-awful. And then they played the Eagles. But what happened when they played that Eagles team? That Eagles team flexed their big old muscles up front and ran for over 200 yards on the Bucs. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's time to find out whether or not the Lions are a great team or not because I think most people, the consensus is, yeah, the Lions are in a different tier than the Bucs right now. But the Lions are also on a tier below the 49ers and Eagles in most people's minds. If they can go do what the Eagles did against the Bucks and run it down their throats, well, then maybe the Lions are 
in that same tier with the Eagles, and maybe nobody's on the same tier as the Niners, but maybe the Lions are even better than we think they are. Again, this isn't an easy out with Tampa, but it's going to be interesting to compare this Tampa Bay team, our performance against them, with how the Eagles played them. They've been good against everybody else. They've beat everybody else they've played, except those Eagles. Those Eagles annihilated them on the ground. And that's exactly what Detroit loves to do. Now, the Bucs defense hasn't, you know, given up a ton of long runs this season, but what they have done is not be able to stop too many people on the ground. You see a lot of four yards, five yards, five yards, four yards. Sounds like exactly what the Lions thrive in. No Gibbs. This is going to be another huge David Montgomery game. His over-under is an out on rushing yards. I'm taking his over. He's played like one of the six, seven best running backs in the NFL through the first five games. He's been a stud. And I don't expect that to change whatsoever. Tampa's coming off a bye, so what? Under Todd Bowles, they're 0-2 after the bye week. They also can't get off the field. They have the fourth worst third down rate when they're on defense. So these third downs are going to be crucial. And guess what? You know the style of football Dan Campbell plays. It's not third down, we didn't get it, punt. It's not third down, we didn't get it, field goal. It's third down, we didn't get it, let's do it again. And suck the energy out of this team. Suck the energy out of this stadium. I'm going to expect Dan Campbell to go for it a lot on uh, Sunday against this Buccaneers team. They can't get off the field on third downs. Their defense can't get stops. So why expect them to get stops on fourth down too? Now, I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's certainly what's going to happen. You know Dan Campbell. Riley Patterson hasn't attempted a field goal over 40 yards this year. But is that going to get this team into trouble? Like I said, this Tampa team is tough. They're real tough. It's only a three-point spread for a reason. The Lions going down south. Three-point favorites on the road. Some of these field goals might come back to hurt them. They're not being able to get seven points. It's a good red zone defense, those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll tell you that. However, however, like I said, they cannot stop people from running the ball down their throat. And that's what the Lions are going to do. It is. It's as simple as that. What this Bucks defense does do a good job of getting to the quarterback. Three sacks per game. And they're not going to do it on this offensive line, right? This offensive line has been spectacular. PFF has them as the second best unit so far in the NFL, giving Jared Goff a ton of time, letting Jared Goff get to his guys. That's been the key to success so far. I don't see a way Tampa's defense is necessarily going to limit this Lions offense. And you look at what this Lions defense has done over the first five weeks of the season. They've been stellar. Number three in the NFL in stopping the run. They've allowed the third least amount of rushing yards, third least per game as well. And this Tampa Bay team, all they want to do is have a balanced offense, but they can't run the ball. 32nd in yards per carry, three. That's all they get. 
And against the Lions, have fun. Ali McNeil's been fantastic this season. He's the second highest run block grade for all interior defensive linemen. Yeah, go ahead and try to run on the Lions. It hasn't worked out for anybody this year. And for a team that struggles so much to do it in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, good luck. How do you beat the Lions? Well, it's going to take the arm of Baker Mayfield, which has been such an interesting storyline so far this NFL season. And honestly, maybe it's a shame we didn't get to this a little bit sooner. Baker Mayfield has revived his career. He was kind of wrote off, done. I, I was shocked he even got a starting job. But Tampa has believed in him this entire time. They didn't bring him in to not start. They didn't bring him in to try to have one of the worst records in the league. They're trying to win. And that's what they've done. The difference between Baker Mayfield right now and the Baker Mayfield from a few years ago on the Browns is this Baker Mayfield is limiting his mistakes. He's not doing the stupid stuff that used to get him in trouble when he was on the Cleveland Browns, when he was on the Carolina Panthers. He has a career high in completion percentage, passer rating, QBR. He's only been sacked four times this year. His interception percentage is the lowest of his career. He's doing it without making stupid mistakes, which is what used to get him in trouble, which is what got him playing on three different teams. But now he's kind of found a home and stopped doing that. The Lions' key to success is to get him to start doing those type of things. Enter Kirby Joseph. It's been kind of quiet this season. Granted, he's been dealing with a hip injury, but he's back. He's full go at practice all week. We've got to force some turnovers. You have to win the turnover battle because this feels like a game. If you go down to Tampa and lose the turnover battle, it can come back to bite you. Tampa Bay is the second best turnover differential in all of football right now. Like 10 interceptions. Antoine Winfield has two forced fumbles of his own. Do not give the ball to Tampa. Do not give them extra possessions. You got to force Baker Mayfield to give you the ball. That's the key to this game. Plain and simple. Lions aren't the only football team going on. Michigan's playing. Michigan State's playing. We got some great college football games on over the weekend. We're going to talk about them all. You're listening to The Payoff on the all-new 100.9 FM. Again, if you feel like you need to get something off, use the Sports Bar and Grill, the Frick Sports Bar and Grill text line, 989-837-6125. Again, 989-837-6125. Are you worried about this game on Sunday against the Bucks? Are we overlooking this team? I think it's pretty transparent. The Lions are a better football team than the Bucks, But this is the NFL. Nothing is guaranteed. Do you feel comfortable? Give me your score predictions. I want to hear them. Again, 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff presented by the Forward Corporation. Agents only local sports show. Back to The Payoff. It's just me and the people today. Ben Clevenger here too in the studio producing for us. Huge shout out to him. Thanks for joining us. If you're listening, first of all, we need to do a big old... Congratulations to Timothy. Timothy's going home with two signed Pistons jerseys. One Reggie Jackson, one Andre Drummond, because he texted in the keyword Pistons yesterday. Again, every single Thursday, we're going to do a giveaway, so make sure you're listening 
Every day of the week, really, but those Thursday ones. Make sure you're tuning in. Six to seven every weekday. Thursdays, you'll be hearing me, John, Brad. We'll have the whole crew. But right now, this moment in time, it's time to talk about some college football. There's a huge slate of games this weekend in both the NFL and NCAA. So let's go over our weekend watch party a little bit. There's too many games to really keep track of. There's so many football games on at once, which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to give you the two games you should be watching in every single time slot. The most important games, the only ones you really need to care about. I'm looking out for the people. Again, if you've got any other opinions, if you've got a game that you think could be a good one, I need to hear it from you. If you've got any additional thoughts on the Lions game, we just went over that a little bit. I'm a little bit worried. I can't lie. It's just the more and more you get closer to that game, the more and more you start to think of all the things that could go wrong. It's a road game. Tampa Bay is off the bye. At the end of the day, I'm picking the Lions to win. I think they're going to be able to score enough points and hold Baker Mayfield and this Tampa offense, you know, probably under 15. You get to 24. That should be the expectation at this point for this Lions offense. Get to 21 points plus, And I think they're going to be fine. I do. But I don't know. Road games in the NFL, they're just, they're just scary. So I want to hear from you. Are you at all concerned about this Tampa Bay game? 989-837-6125. That's the Frick Sports Bar and Grill text line. Again, 989-837-6125. I'm a little worried, but I'm still picking the Lions to win by double digits. 24-13, to 13, that's my prediction. Jamison Williams is getting into the end zone. Plus 330, book it, promise if it doesn't happen, you guys can slander me, text in on Monday, and call me the biggest clown on the planet. I'll even come in wearing a clown mask. I don't even care. I think he's scoring a touchdown. I believe in the guy. All right, weekend watch party. Two most important games of every time slot. First of all, Saturday, noon, 12 o'clock, Indiana in the big house, taking on the number two ranked Michigan Wolverines. What do you want me to say? Michigan's a 33-point favorite. Obviously, you want Michigan to do what they did last week versus Minnesota, 52-10. to 10. Everyone claims Michigan hasn't been dominant against their opponents this year, yet mm, they're averaging over 30 points a game, mm, haven't allowed opponent over 10 points. I think they've been pretty good if you ask me. I'll take Michigan to cover because, hell, why not? Michigan State also on at noon. They're on the road against Rutgers. My God, uh, this has been a brutal season watching Michigan State football. If you even want to consider this Michigan State football. Hell, if you're a Michigan State fan and you just want to forget about this season, I won't even blame you. Like, I'm not going to hold this, this one against you, keep reminding you of it, because I, I, I feel the pain. This one's tough. This has been a rough season down in East Lansing. You're going to Rutgers as four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Rutgers is holding their opponents under nine points a game at home. You take away the Michigan game, Rutgers is averaging 42 4-0 at home this year, undefeated against the spread this year. Rutgers is winning this game, guys. I'd, I'd be shocked if, if Michigan State could pull this together on the road. This has been a disaster. No head coach right now. Noah Kim might not be a starter in the MAC. It's been ugly. But, hell, let's just tune in and torture ourselves for three hours. Then both of these games, Michigan and Michigan State. Talk about the least entertaining Michigan and Michigan State games simultaneously. Oh, my God. But let's just tune in anyway, just because why not? Why not? 3.30. Oh, baby. 
Eight versus seven. Oregon versus Washington. A Pac-12 masterpiece. Washington's two and a half points favorites at home, led by obviously the Heisman favorite right now, Michael Penix. I'll tell you what, this weekend is probably going to determine the Heisman or at least have huge implications on it. Washington and Oregon are the number one and number two offenses in college football right now. Washington's averaging 570 yards a game. Oregon's averaging 560. Someone's got to give. Is there going to be 100 points scored in this game? Maybe. Washington's going to pass the ball a million times. They're going to try to air it out as much as possible. Oregon, much more balanced, keeps their opponents under 11 points a game. They bring the defense, too. I'll take Oregon on the road in a top 10 matchup. Give me the Ducks, led by Bo Nix. And, of course, at 3.30, Ben Clevenger, you can relate to this one. The Chippewas. Look at that, giving a fist pump over in the producer chair. Taking on the 1-5 and five Akron Zips. Central Michigan 3-0 and oh at home this year. However, those wins by three points, by four points, and by three points. They've kept it real close. They've been nail biters. Taking on the 1-5 and five Akron Zips. Central Michigan looking to rebound after last week. Kind of an embarrassing loss at Buffalo. You went into that game a touchdown favorite and kind of just got embarrassed from the very beginning. I'm taking Central Michigan to win at home as they've done all season long. Looking to go four and three on the season. Another big one, another rivalry at seven o'clock. The night games today. Oh. Or I should say tomorrow. The night games tomorrow. Number 10, USC. Caleb Williams on the road against Notre Dame, who's coming off a tough loss versus Louisville last week. Notre Dame now won. And two in their last three games? Here's the catch. Notre Dame plays defense. USC does not. Defense is optional down in South California under Lincoln Riley. Hell, defense has been optional under Lincoln Riley even when he was at Oklahoma. When I say they're not a top 100 defensive unit in college football, I'm dead serious. In terms of yards, in terms of points, nothing. Notre Dame, on the other hand, top 20 in both offense and defense. But again, it's just so hard to bet against this Caleb Williams guy, my friend. Future number one overall pick. I tune in, tune into him every single week to watch what kind of magic this guy can do. Unfortunately, I think that magic's going to run up. I think both the Heisman candidates are losing, which might open the door for someone else to enter. Is it going to be a three-way race? We'll find out. I'll take Notre Dame at home. There's, no, there's just no way Notre Dame spirals out of control and is one and three in the last four games, right? That would be crazy. Or would it? Or would it? Nonetheless, I'm taking Notre Dame, the team that actually decides to play defense. At 8 o'clock, number 18, UCLA. Taking on, on the road, number 15, Oregon State. UCLA lost at Utah two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, everybody loses at Utah. Then beat number 13, Washington, last week. Oregon's, Oregon State's minus four favorites at home. UCLA's won nine of the last 13 meetings. UCLA has the third best run, run defense in all of college football. And UCLA holds their opponents to under 12 points a game. Give me the road team. Give me Dante Moore. For those of you who don't know who he is, for those of you who haven't watched him, 
get your eyes on this guy because he's coming to the Big Ten. He's a local guy. He's from Detroit. He's going to terrorize the Big Ten Conference for the next three years. He's a true freshman right now. Chip Kelly's got this fun offense, this power run offense, two tight ends, and he's been killing it down there. Future NFL player, get your eyes on this guy before he's in the Big Ten because he's going to get your team. Whatever team you root for, he's going to be a problem and an obstacle in the way of whatever your goal is. If you're Michigan State, your goal is like four wins. You said he's in the way of that. All right, Sunday, 930, Baltimore. Again, this is NFL. Baltimore, technically the, uh, the road team against the Tennessee Titans in London. These London games are so weird. They get so odd. These games have no rhyme or reason to what happens in them. But I will tell you this. The Titans are 0-3 on the road this year. London, pretty far from Nashville. Titans have four touchdowns on the entire season. Yes, you did hear that right. Four touchdowns. Titans gave up 146 rushing yards last week versus the Colts. The Ravens, obviously one of the better running units in the NFL. Give me the Ravens to win and cover in London at 930. One o'clock, best game of maybe the day. Seahawks taking on the Bengals. One of these teams, maybe both of these teams trying to save their season. Bengals trying not to go two and four to start the year. He says he's almost back to 100%, that Joe Burrow guy, that Joe Cool guy. But is he really? Is he really? They certainly looked like they were back last week versus the Cardinals when they put up 34 points. Jamar Chase, 15 touchdowns, three, excuse me, 15 catches, three touchdowns. T. Higgins is back and practicing right now, so you can expect him back against the Seahawks, and they're probably going to need him. I'll tell you this right now. I was looking earlier because we, uh, the first week of the show, we bet DK Metcalf to score anytime touchdown it hit. Now, usually I bet on DK Metcalf to score touchdowns when he's playing very small cornerbacks. The Bengals fit that description. They don't have a corner over six foot. So take DK Metcalf to score a touchdown, but I'll take the Bengals to win. And of course, at 425, Lions down in Tampa Bay. I want to hear from you. Are you guys concerned at all about this Tampa Bay team? They've been frisky. Baker Mayfield has been one of the better quarterbacks. He's playing like he's one of the better quarterbacks right now. And is he one of the better quarterbacks? No, but he's essentially played mistake-free football. He's not taking sacks. He's completing more passes than ever, and they've set him up to succeed. This is good play calling. He's got good weapons. Mike Evans seems to not age. Every year, he seems to have 1,000 yards. Every Every season, there's no decline. Already in his 30s. He's been incredible. And Baker Mayfield has been heavily reliant on his two guys and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And has played some damn good football. But you got to force him into mistakes. Take the runaway. Make them a one-dimensional team. Let Baker Mayfield cook, basically. Because usually that results in a fire. You got to get Tampa off their game plan. And that starts by taking away the run. We have about 100 years of NFL history to do some stupid things like on fourth downs, decisions there, or if you're giving the ball away on turnovers, just just don't play stupid football and you should win this game. It's kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Don't play dumb football. Force Baker Mayfield to play dumb football. Are you worried? 989-837-6125. Five. Again, that's 989-837-6125. I, for one, am not. 
all that worried. I'm a little bit worried, if I'm being honest. Because, like I said, they've got good weapons down there. And this secondary's been thin. No Brian, or yeah, yeah, this secondary is a little thin right now. No Brian Branch. That's the problem. I'd feel much more comfortable saying they're going to win by 10 points if Brian Branch was playing in, in place of uh, Jerry Jacobs. Oh, God, Jerry Jacobs is going to have a lot of flags thrown his way if he's ever lined up on Mike Evans. Let me tell you that. Jerry Jacobs is the most handsy player I've ever seen play football in the NFL. We're going to almost send it to John. John's on some high school football today. That's why he's not in the studio. He's down in Gladwin. They're getting ready to take on the Beaverton Beavers, who sit at 5-2. and two. We'll give you a little bit more insight into that game when we come back. You're listening to the payoff on the all-new 100.9 FM. Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. We're getting ready to send it down to John Spaghetti. John Vacari down in Gladwin. The 6-1 and one team getting ready to host the Beaverton Beavers, who sit at 5-2. and two. If Gladwin wins this game, then it's the third straight year they're getting a share of the Jack Pine Conference title. If Beaverton wins, creates a share of the title, potentially a three-way tie if Claire wins today as well. Beaverton hasn't won that conference since 2018. So there's a big game. That's why it's the high school football game of the week. Gladwin, the defending state champs in D5. 20-game win streak was snapped last week. Last conference title, conference loss, excuse me, was 2022. Guess who? Beaverton. We're super excited to send it down to theirs. John's got you the rest of the way. But we got two minutes together. Hold on, hold on. I, I just got a couple more things off my chest. Jameson Williams, we're circling back to the very beginning. He's catching a touchdown tomorrow, on Sunday. We have to believe. Stop trying to send this guy out. Stop trying to tie bricks to his feet and sink him in the river and then pull his body out and bring him to the airport and send him to a different city. He's going to catch a touchdown. You just have to believe. That's all. That's all. Just god-awful weather out right now. But enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the rain if that's the thing you like. Watch a movie. Bundle up inside. Watch some college football. It's going to be nasty. But that's going to create for some chaotic football games. That's it for me on the payoff. Let's send it down to John Vicari in Gladwin, who will get you covered the rest of the way on the all-new 100.9 FM. Thanks for listening, everybody. You don't work for it, you can't get it. This copyrighted broadcast is presented by authority of the Michigan High School Athletic.